Hey sister friend, welcome to the Shades of Trauma Healing Podcast. I'm Jenny L. Taylor, a trauma coach, trauma thriver, and daughter of God, living loved. This space is for you sisters who want to begin healing and living fully, but the effects of childhood trauma keeps you stuck, scared, and unfulfilled. I'm so glad you're here. In this podcast, you'll receive trauma education, practical strategies, biblical applications, and motivational tips to support your trauma healing journey. So grab your journal, settle into your favorite spot, and let's get started. Welcome back, my friend. This is part two of the podcast episode four pillars of trauma healing for Christian women. In episode five, I covered the first two pillars, which are relational safety and preparation and education and skills building. Of course, we know that we need a firm foundation to put any pillars on so that we can have a structure that is safe, sound and secure. That foundation for Christian women is Christ, who he is, and our identity in Christ, who he says we are. Knowing who God intends for us to be is the foundation on which we do all our trauma healing work. It is important because as we continue to heal and grow, we need to anchor all of this healing in not just who we are and how we want to be healed, but what is the bigger purpose of our lives. We are not just here for personal enjoyment in life. God created us for such a time as this. He knew that your life, your skills, your talents would be needed in this time, in this season. Unfortunately, the impact of trauma impedes our progress. It impedes our mental health and it keeps us from fully being who we were meant to be. Once we have our firm foundation, knowing that God loves us and values us, and we continue to do our healing work, then we can rely on God to reveal to us and lead us into the path that he originally intended for us. That was just a quick recap of the foundation and the first two pillars. To get the full episode, feel free to refer to episode number five, to hear about the foundation and the first two pillars. Today, we will continue with pillars three and four, desensitization and integration, and pillar four, post-traumatic growth and resilience. Before moving into the desensitization and integration phase or pillar, there are a few things that I'm looking for in my clients. I am looking to hear that they have a good grasp of how their body responds to trauma. We have the general idea of how the autonomic nervous system works and the anterior cingulate cortex, but every body and every experience is different. So this part is really tailored to the client who is sitting in front of me. And that client needs to have sort of a biology of their own system and understand how they respond to the triggers and the traumas that they have experienced in their lives. So I'm looking to hear that they have a good grasp about what that is and that they're able to apply the skills building exercises which involve self-regulation effectively and also regularly. 
And I am not with my clients when they're outside of session. So how do I know if it's working for them? By talking about their week and experiences they've had, learning to ask questions about how they responded, how they felt in their body, what did they notice? Once I hear my clients are able to track their feelings, track the changes in their bodies on a biological level, on a physical level, and then tell me what they did to keep themselves calm or to regulate their nervous system, or even report about a change in how they thought about the situation, which led to them remaining calm, managing their emotions, then that gives me information to know that my clients are establishing a sense of safety and stabilization. I'm also looking to find out, it's not about perfection, but I'm looking to find out the frequency or the length of time between when they go from Bruce Banner mode, which is calm, collective, relaxed, into Hulk mode, which is responsive or reactive to triggers. The more time that passes in between when these occurrences or shifts happen, the more I get to understand how my clients are practicing the skills and staying regulated. If we do have an experience where they talk about going into Hulk mode, it's all a learning experience. We unpack step by step what happened. Did they notice the first sign? Was there a different type of trigger? And we go slowly and gently to help the client learn more about how their bodies respond to different types of trigger. Once I get a clear understanding that they're able to self-regulate and their nervous system would be able to handle going into deeper emotional or traumatic memories, then we can move into the desensitization and integration mode. In this pillar, it's really important for me to share with clients the different models of treatment that I use in trauma healing, and I give my clients the choice of which options they want to try first. A lot of people who've been through trauma had their choice taken away from them. And in my practice, I always give choices everywhere I turn. And I do this for two reasons. I want to help the clients learn to ask for what they need. And I want to provide a space for them to practice using their voice if they've never been able to do so. So I give them the opportunity to make choices and I honor those choices. Of course, it's a feedback. It's a conversation where I have the training and the knowledge so I can share as much information as I can to help them make an informed decision knowing how their body responds, who they are, their trauma history and where they would like to go. I also continue to normalize their behavior, the difficulties, the thoughts and emotions or beliefs that are part of the client's trauma history. I do this not to minimize it or make light of what my clients are experiencing. I do this to help the client feel less othered. Many people who've gone through trauma feel like they're the only ones who feel the way they do. By sharing that feelings of fear or anxiety are normal and helping clients understand and track how their body came to respond this way, it helps my client understand that they are not alone. They are not so different that they are beyond hope. It encourages them also to accept 
where they are at and it promotes self-compassion. Self-compassion is so important in the healing journey as well because a lot of trauma survivors learn to be their own self-critics, their worst self-critics, because all they may have heard was negative opinions about themselves. They have not learned to speak kindly to themselves, be positive, or to see their strengths. And I help clients understand where those voices came from, and I practice with them how to speak compassionately and give themselves grace as they continue to grow and heal. I also really enjoy digging deeper into my clients' strengths because, as I I mentioned, trauma survivors are often wired to see problems and the ACC is always on alert for threats. Because the focus is so much on threats, clients seldom see their beauty and their strengths. And I use the client's trauma history to help them become more aware and celebrate the talents and the gifts that they have developed over the years. During this process, we also touch on grief and mourning. Many people have to grieve their lost childhoods, their innocence, and the relationship they wish they had and should have had with their primary caregivers. This is a time to allow clients to share the wounds that they are comfortable sharing and I get to hold witness to their experiences and their pain as they voice and they grieve these losses. Desensitization and integration takes as long as it takes. I often share with my clients that it takes a longer time, especially because We want to move gently through this process, going layer by layer at the client's pace. In any healing relationship, as we mentioned in Pillar 1, the relational safety is important. It takes time for clients to begin trusting me as a professional or any mental health professional, remembering that many of them learned not to trust the world or the people in it because of the trauma they experienced at quite a young age. It takes time to build that trust. And the more the trust builds, the more the clients begin to feel safe in their own bodies and regulated and become more confident in their ability to deal with difficult emotions. More and more, or I should say layer by layer, the trauma is uncovered. It's not a linear progression by any means. Sometimes we move in and out of the skills building or psychoeducation phase. Sometimes we have to go through the relational safety and preparation stage is always happening. But we move wherever we need to go to support the clients as best as we can. This is part of the trauma healing journey. We do this as many times as needed as we look forward to the final pillar, which is post-traumatic growth and resilience. I get such joy when I see my clients become ready and able to see and embrace what is possible for them on the other side of the healing journey. When clients come to see me, they're usually at the place where they're very nervous Sometimes they're not sure if this thing is going to work. They don't really have much hope about change. They don't know how life could be any different from what they have known and experienced. 
many are very skeptical about the process because they haven't learned the skills. They haven't known any other way. And that's totally normal. And that's okay. It's my job to help educate the clients and help to draw out hope in them. I can hold a space of hope for them until they are ready to experience and see it for themselves. Usually when a client comes to see me, because I work from the strengths-based perspective, I can already see so much in them, but they are not ready to see that yet. And I can't make them see it before they are ready to. We gently move bit by bit to heal wounds to help regulate the system so that they get to a place where they become open to the possibilities. At this point, most trauma survivors have already built up resilience. This is how they have survived what they went through as children. I am not teaching anyone resilience. Rather, I am simply highlighting it so that they can see it, they can own it, and begin leveraging their resilience towards post-traumatic growth. As we move through the healing process, clients get to a place where they begin to see themselves in a new light. They are more courageous. They are gentle with themselves. They are accepting of their past. Rather than trying to run from it, hide it away, they become more accepting. Not agreeing with what happened, certainly not, but accepting the fact that it did happen. They don't have to run or hide from it. They can move through it, get healing, and then they begin to experience such hope for their future. And that is really beautiful to see. Many begin experiencing healthier relationships with themselves. And this then leads into healthier interpersonal relationships because their old wounds are healing and they're developing new ways of interacting with themselves, with others and with the world. I see clients all the time begin exploring new hobbies and new interests. I see them have new spiritual experiences as people report that they can hear God differently. And I've certainly experienced that. I'm a firm believer in the fact that when we are traumatized, it makes it a little bit difficult, not all the times, but a lot of times it makes it a little more difficult to hear Holy Spirit because we're in such a fearful state. Our frontal lobe is compromised and we know that the frontal lobe is the seat of morality, of reasoning, but trauma affects the parts of the brain that keeps us from being still still enough that we can hear the voice of God and our role as professionals and me particularly uh, coming from a Christian perspective, my role is to help reduce the noise, so to speak, by getting the clients to a place where they can be calm and heal so that they can begin to attune more to the voice of the Holy Spirit who is always speaking. I often also see clients begin applying their strengths through life and different circumstances. I see that they are better able to manage their emotions and enjoy life in healthier ways. Many people would have developed unhealthy coping mechanisms to deal with the pain of life. And as we deal with closing up and healing those wounds, there is no need for those coping mechanisms anymore. So clients can use that same time and energy towards healthy activities, new hobbies, as I mentioned, or pursuits that bring them joy and purpose. Even when life gets challenging, when stressors come, 
my clients are now equipped with skills that can help them through stresses that would have caused them to disassociate or to go into hulk mode in the past. In the post-traumatic growth and resilience pillar, I get to see clients come to believe in themselves, value their voice, and use it to pursue their hopes and their dreams. And I see them experience such freedom and joy. I get to witness all of this as part of the work I do, and I really, really love it. I am so blessed when I get invited into a client's journey and I'm able to use the gifts that I have been blessed with to support others in their healing journey. In these last two episodes, I talked about the foundation and the four pillars of trauma healing that Christian women can expect as they go on their healing journey. We looked at the foundation on which I believe the pillars of holistic trauma healing must stand, and that is on Christ and on your identity in Him. We talked about having relational safety and preparation for any trauma healing journey. We looked at the education and skills building pillar that helps clients learn how to regulate their systems. We then looked at desensitization and integration of traumatic memories and experiences as we move towards post-traumatic growth and resilience. As Christian women of color, we are here for a purpose, and that purpose goes beyond just our personal enjoyment in this life. In this sinful world, we encountered trauma and issues that affected us at our very core. Sometimes it's enough to question why we are here. This is a good question to ask our creator. As we get to know who he really is and what his plans are for us, we can pursue healing and move towards that post-traumatic growth that leads to living a life of purpose, joy, and fulfillment. Healing is possible. Growth is possible. Living out your purpose is possible. As you ponder and digest the foundation and the pillars that I've spoken about, what are you taking away based on where you are in your trauma healing journey? I would love to connect with you, so feel free to send me an email at support at shadesoftraumahealing.com and I look forward to seeing you next week. If this podcast encouraged, inspired, or taught you something, do share it with another sister friend who needs support in her healing journey. I would also love for you to go to Apple Podcast right now and leave a review for the show. Thanks for listening. I'm cheering for your healing. Until next week, breathe and be blessed.